0: Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Shlomi Ron and the CEO of the Visual Storytelling Institute and we are a think tank based here in sunny Miami, Florida and we are all about uh, bringing the gospel of visual storytelling from the world of art into a more human and purposeful marketing. So before we get started, I have a quick update for everybody. We just uh, transitioned our uh, six-year visual storytelling newsletter from uh, uh, his previous destination to Met to Substack. So I invite everybody to uh, check it out. It's uh, on uh, visualstorytale.substack.com, and feel free to subscribe. All right, so on to the topic of today. So as you all uh, have been witnessing in the past year with all the action about the metaverse uh, after... Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, announcements, uh, transitioning his uh, brand from uh, Facebook to Meta, there was a lot of brands that started uh, uh, creating their own Metaverse experiences. And as I was kind of following this industry, you probably saw it uh, through my blogs and podcasts. uh, It seems very interesting that uh, a new profession that's actually tradition, architects actually entered the space and actually brought their amazing knowledge from uh, how to design 3D physical structures and translate that into creating those uh, immersive uh, 3D virtual uh, worlds. So I was kind of intrigued from a visual storytelling perspective about this journey and what architects can teach us on how to translate visual storytelling experiences into 3D immersive storytelling. So to help you with that, I invited uh, Nicola Rat. She is the founding director at Multi Studio in London. And what I really liked uh, how they define uh, their company, Multi is our name, it refers to an open, collaborative, and pluralistic way of working, which to me, I think it's a great definition for, you know, when you try to build a metaverse experience, you've got to be working across Disciplines and with vendors with different uh, capabilities. So, with that, welcome to the show, Nicola.
1: Thank you, Shlomi. Thanks very much for inviting me. Um, I've been listening to your podcasts, and uh, I think it's a really interesting area that you're looking at here. So, visual storytelling, um, and and to invite me on as an architect. um, Yes, absolutely.
0: No, we definitely, you know, been kind of uh, having some early discussions regarding the metaverse uh, projects I was uh, trying to uh, bring about. And but before we talk about uh, the fine details, can you share with our audience a little bit about your backstory, how you get started in architecture, and how you kind of uh, found yourself uh, involved in the metaverse projects?
1: Sure. So um, my background, I'm an, ar- I'm an architect. I've been an architect for 20 years. Um, I started working, I've always worked in London. I started working 20 years ago um, for uh, a practice called Hawkins Brown, who were around 20 people when I joined and are now um, a top 10 practice, uh, 350 odd people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became a partner there and had headed up the workplace sector. Um, after 20 years, I decided uh, to leave to set up a new architecture practice um, with other people. We're based in London in Amsterdam and Amsterdam. Um, and thanks for the introduction. We're yeah. called Studio Multi. Um, and yeah, we work at multiple scales and mm-hmm. we're open to multiple outcomes. Um, and collaboration is really important to us. And just mm-hmm. working with different different creatives, um, people from different disciplines, because that serves to to create better um better projects A rounded view time. yep mm-hmm. um, and so so as an architect i've worked on lots of different types of projects um, including workplace residential um, education but i settled on workplace because i was really interested in the way that people's um, working patterns were changing largely due to the advancement of um, digital right. technology i see I across the world and a lot of um changing work patterns have been um uh, we're already there but I think COVID and the pandemic mm-hmm. has kind of been a catalyst for a lot of workplace trends um that I were already it. kind of happening before right before
0: right hit. yeah
1: so um so the reason I'm here today and talking to you is mm-hmm. is is that visual storytelling um is kind of really key to what architects do we're we're hardwired to communicate our ideas visually so, so
0: let me stop you right there you know this is a question i ask pretty much every uh, guest on my show you know exactly that how do you define a visual storytelling from your perspective as an architect
1: um i think it's it's, it's about presenting ideas visually to take your um your client or your audience on a journey
0: uh-huh.
1: um and it's it has to be something that they can relate to yeah
0: um
1: I feel like it has to have depth and and it should make them smile and oh, I think there needs to be there needs to be an emotional connection somehow yeah, yeah. Um, so you know I think we, we tend to, as architects, we do communicate our ide- ideas visually um, through a mix of mediums. So, um, you know, designing buildings is a very collaborative endeavour. Right. We go through lots of different stages. Um, we involve large teams of, we're, we're always part of a large team. You know, it's yep. never just the architect. So it's, um, there's usually a whole realm of different consultants, specialists, you know, I planning see. advisors and no, sustainability sure. people. But our role is primarily to listen to the challenges that the client faces and their aspirations. Um,
0: so this is a great segue, actually, to maybe tell me if you can discuss a little bit about your work at Multistudio, what exactly you cover
1: um, so the work we're doing covers um, different sectors. Again, we're looking at um, we're actually looking at some enlivenment projects. So it's where you've got um, places that are maybe um, lacking in something. One of the projects we're doing, actually, our first project is a, a small, um, old, outdated shopping arcade um, in uh-huh. a very historic town, yeah. Winchester. And we're looking at uh, up. Um, it's reactivating it actually it's bringing people back to back to this arcade it's been um you know there's a lot of there've been shop units that have been empty Mm -hmm. um there's been some antisocial behavior it's not been performing very well businesses have been suffering so our role has been to come on board and and give it a kind of creative lift
0: yep yep to help
1: attract people back to that area to help kind of um reinvigorate businesses and, and when i say we don't do things on our own this is very much working with the community and um, the community of businesses that are already there I and see. every project we do involves working and, and listening and consulting with you know the communities sure within which we're working yeah so so we're doing that one that's a kind of public realm uh, project we're also working on a series of pavilions um at a, a business park mm-hmm. which has suffered uh, through COVID and is now finding its feet and rebuilding. It's already it's got loads of great things going for it, um, and we're designing um, a series of shared spaces to help yep. bring people out of the offices and, and bring people together. So I think you could say a common theme of the work we do is is about bringing people. Together,
0: Wow, that's phenomenal, especially Um, these days, you know, with all the challenges in the workplace and the hybrid, the remote and the challenges of bringing people back to the office. So I can definitely see, you know, architecture playing a huge role in kind of shaping this uh, new, you know, spaces for them to feel, you know, great about uh, doing their work in their traditional offices.
1: (laughs) exactly and and everything we're doing um you know sustainability is key to everything we're doing and um there's a a system we use called passive house which we are trying to apply to everything we do to try and achieve the highest um environmental levels um Mm -hmm. so but a lot of work we we do new buildings but we're also uh, my particular specialism has been in repurposing existing buildings Mm. so Um, When I talk about this project in Winchester, that's about giving a creative lift to some outdated buildings. We're doing similar projects um, elsewhere to old warehouses, um, you know, kind of outdated offices. So it's it's giving a new lease of life to projects. Now, um, where we've started working in the metaverse, that came through the same idea, really. It was rather than designing something um, that was you know completely mm-hmm. new and completely different we were looking at well what if you had what if you were in the metaverse and you stumbled across this kind of redundant warehouse and
0: oh, you you I ventured see. into
1: it and you know it looks kind of old and shabby and, and dilapidated but you go inside and you know it's 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 something really um surprising and unexpected that functions completely differently to how you you might. So the
0: inspiration imagine. came from actual real experience in the real world of your work, uh, reactivating a kind of environment that needs kind of a you know a lift up. say
1: <laughs> exactly. Ex- exactly. that's Could Interesting. It was a translation of something that I was already very familiar with and that oh. I enjoyed working with. Um, is that that idea of something unexpected and some? And I think when you're when you're looking at projects in the metaverse as an architect, Mm -hmm. um, you know, clearly you don't have all of those constraints that we have in the real world. You don't need to keep the the rain out and you don't need to worry about things falling down, but that can almost go so far that you, you end up with something that's not even recognizable. Right. And you you don't know where the floors finish and the walls start and, and maybe that's okay. But for me, um, and for Studio Multi, we approached our metaverse project as something that was a subversion of a familiar um, environment. In a wonder, industrial shed. And and we what we loved about it as well was the scale hmm. and the ability to um to to play with that.
0: And did you feel like uh, the visual storytelling approach you apply for physical uh, projects? was somewhat different when you worked on the metaverse project
1: um yes and no i mean i think we've in many ways no actually Mm -hmm. when we're doing a physical when we're doing an actual in the real world project um we have we have lots of different sort of areas to think about with the building because there's the functionality in the performance. You know, what does it do? The scale and massing of the building, yep. its relationship to the street and its surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, and also its an, its appearance, materiality and form. And you might present, um, you might tell that story in a series of um, physical models and in drawings. Right. Um, but the actual I don't see that necessarily as storytelling. I, t- I see that more as kind of informing the client about these sort of different I see. aspects of, of a building. But the storytelling to me is, is that emotional connection and what mm. connects the audience to the proposals. And so it's more about how the building is experienced rather than it's made of brick, it's this big, it sits next to right. you know, these buildings. Right. So, um, and it's not just about the connection to to the client and the people who are going to be using it from sort mm-hmm. of from inside out it's also the experience of the people who walk past it every day because when you're designing a building it's there for
0: yep. like,
1: 50 plus years and right. it attracts everybody so there's a real social responsibility that comes with being an architect
0: no definitely and I think
1: that the storytelling has to has mm-hmm. to kind of address that yeah. so um yeah. So when we tell a story, we have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And and mm-hmm. for us, when we're when we're um, communicating our, our ideas about a building design, the beginning would be about setting the scene, uh, the yep. building context, who the surrounding community are, and how it's being used. If it's a reuse of a building, you're often thinking about the history of that building and what's its what's its previous story and how the associations it
0: actually generates for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the beginning so you're kind of setting the scene and then the middle would be about how we're addressing the brief um how's it going to look how's it going to function oh. um, and then i that, thought this is going that, to be like the
0: constraints like the conflict you know the kind of the the scope of how you need to kind of uh, adapt uh, based on the constraints around
1: exactly and that's about how you're how you're addressing the
0: mm-hmm. brief
1: from the client but for yep. this bit for the actual kind of the concept work that's when we we bring together we have a whole kind of armory of different um visual references and they're often borrowed from Mm. uh literature from music from art um fashion you know and we really do we we reach out to a kind of very broad range of cultural references to help explain a design and a concept um of a building to a client so sometimes it's quite quite unexpected Mm -hmm. Um, but that's that's what we and i think that's what all architects do we're kind of magpies really so we're building up a story from first principles we're using whatever cultural references we need to help tell that story Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also obviously use uh, examples of other buildings and say you Mm -hmm. know it, it might be a bit like this and a bit like that but it's it's more interesting if you've developed a story Yourself, rather than just saying we're going to design a building for you, and it's going to look like this one that's been built in Paris a few years ago.
0: Yeah, Um, so it's got to be original uh, thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: um, And then I guess the next step, the end of that story, is then kind of next steps and just agreeing. You know, how do we how do we develop this now?
0: I see. So, so maybe this is a good opportunity for for you maybe to share a few examples and maybe talk a little bit about your process and. you know, yeah. what you kind of uh, contributed to the, to the project.
1: So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna talk about the metaverse project now because that's okay. uh, let's see if this comes up. Can you see that?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So this is um this is a building I worked on when I was at Hawkins Brown Architects. Um mm-hmm. and I, this is called Here East, that's at the Olympic Park, um, which is the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in London. Mm-hmm. it's um it's one it's a massive 1.2 million square feet which is quite big for the UK it's probably not that big for the states but um right. it's a <laughs> it's the conversion of the broadcast studios and the media center um on the Olympic Park mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, completely repurposed as an innovation hub and it brings together uh, businesses and education and cultural uses mm-hmm. um and this was all um, all about collaboration bringing people together um, it had a big uh, umbrella of tech over mm-hmm. it so all the businesses here everything they have in common really is relates to the way that they are progressive in their use of digital technology oh,
0: hmm. and, um, and it was about
1: and, and also it was about bringing people together kind of in the pursuit of innovation so it was it was really great to be working on a project that was about innovation and we could then apply that kind of innovation to the way that we thought about the architecture and nice. um, and um and the reason this slides here is because i've sort of developed this obsession with big industrial spaces and and you know huge volumes and the way that they provide mm. Space for flexibility and and openness and creative thinking, but I came across um, this lady uh, Kadeen James, mm-hmm. who um, who then approached me. Oh, sorry, she runs uh, a company. She set up a, a collaborative, really called the Immersive Kind, mm-hmm. uh, which is a collection of yep. creatives. And um, you know her, Shlomi. I'm probably the podcast at some point, but she. Um, works across all sorts of digital platforms and bringing together creatives from around the world, um, championing uh, young artists, female artists um, from, you know, uh, so she she approached me when we set up Studio Multi um, she approached me and said, look, I'm really, I've been invited to to, uh, you know, design a gallery and to present, to show NFTs Mm -hmm. Um, and, and at the same time at Studio Multi, we've been um, designing this space, which is a reuse of a, an existing industrial shed. And we've been using this as a kind of test bed for ideas. Mm. Um, and and so, you she already had it. <laughs> yeah, so she approached me at this time and I made that connection with Kadine, the fact that we've met at Here East. Um, we already had that kind of connection of these types of mm. spaces. So. So we went off and started, I'm just gonna flip through these very quickly, but we started thinking about what a virtual gallery could be. So we looked to um, sci-fi and uh, Seth, who is my business partner and also my husband. He's uh, you know, very interested in sci-fi and he actually pulled together a lot of these
0: oh, wow. slides
1: about how we, how we yeah. can look to science fiction. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, lot of this before about that connection yeah
0: no this is Sci fi in the
1: metaverse but also about physical galleries and large spaces um you know and just thinking about well we can make this building as big as we want in the metaverse and it can hold a whole variety of different events um heroic space
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um and so this there's, idea of- there's a lot
0: of work of metaphors, right? In order to kind of borrow from a, a different uh, discipline or art form and try to apply it to, to a 3D structure, right?
1: A lot of metaphors, a lot, of, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I say, we have, um, we actually use a program called Miro, which is a kind of pin board where we pin all our ideas up and we work through it. I see, and it, it just kind of grows and grows and grows. It's it's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a, um, it's a great. Um, a great platform for that. But yeah, we collect all these images. So, um, so we started looking at this idea of a linear armature and um, referencing the street in the snow crash metaverse. Oh, wow. You know, um, this idea of a kind of potentially infinite space that could just grow and grow and grow. And from this space, we could develop a series of different um, galleries, which could be of all different shapes and sizes, they could be suited um, to different art collections um so we came up with this plan and we felt the industrial building needed a bit of a sort of needed a bit of color and we had this idea about a rainbow runway that would run mm. all the way through and because Kadine's connection is very much with um you know crypto fashion yeah yeah fashion um which is something we hadn't been connected to at all so she open that up for us. And, um, and so we, yeah, we, we developed the Rainbow Runway. And then you can see we've got this kind of new space coming soon. So this is the lin- linear space that can grow and grow and grow. And then there's an infinite number of galleries that can be built off this space for new collections. Um, and then I'll just quickly run you through. So that's the front. Uh, he didn't want it to have face on the front so we kind of extruded it out of some <laughs> stone yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again all just in, and then we love this idea of rewilding and just bringing nature into the building like it's kind of taking over um
0: yeah this is like the mix the mixing of a real life photography with the actual a 3d modeling right so to, just to yeah. create a sense of a reality
1: it is it mm-hmm. is so and these um so this this model, and then these are some of the rooms we built off that main space. I see. Um, and then, so what happened then? We 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 developed this design. It then um we then put it onto spatial,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and then it became a metaverse space. It went from being a three dimensional uh, CAD model which is something that we were used to doing as architects, which we, we do for pretty much all our projects, you know, we'll design something in CAD, we'll take our clients through it. We'll do a kind of a video that runs through, um, right. but with the metaverse, the metaverse has opened up the ability to, you know, put on a headset or, or even just get on your, um, Desktop. Your device yep.
0: Yep. and just
1: get straight, go in yourself. So, um, so this is the immersive kind gallery. These are some views from it. This was a an exhibition by um, Gary James McQueen, and it was um, to celebrate the Jubilee actually. And it was about the crown, and he did a um, an AR crown which anybody could wear and then uh-huh. take photos of themselves. Oh and wow! So and about you know um, democratizing the yeah. uh, the crown.
0: Yeah, I actually attended, you know, the the kickoff, and uh, you know, it was packed. You know, it was hard even to get in. You know, it was amazing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, one thing I want to ask you about, if you go back to the previous one, yeah, you know, for, in storytelling, uh, there is a well-known principle. It's called unlikely combinations, and yeah. and it, I'm wondering if it had a role in designing uh, this space because on one hand, you think, you know, industrial, structural, like the one you sh- you're showing right now, would host, you know, like a factory or what you accustomed to to see all, all over, right? But instead, you're actually placing there a fashion show, which is like a something that don't belong, but it, but because it doesn't belong, it creates a new experience.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, contrasting, just contrasting yeah. ideas well like, it goes back to that thing about the element of surprise where right you go through the front door you turn around and you just see something that you don't expect um mm-hmm. and you know i the technology you know this isn't um when we when we designed this in the studio when we used um rhino and we used twin motion and, and different rendering models mm-hmm. it looked much more realistic uh-huh. um i might think at the moment when you're when you take these models into the metaverse because they're seen, because people are experiencing them walking around them. Um, they have to render very quickly.
0: Yep.
1: Um, yep. So you don't get that. You don't get that level of quality yet that matches the models that we can do. Um, I see. You yeah. Actually, it's a different type. It's a different type of process and a different type of software, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, too long until the quality of this, and you know, the light—you don't get the light and shadows at the moment, but the quality of this, I think, will improve wow. greatly. And, and I'm
0: curious, uh, when you started working on this project, what uh, were the business goals or the objectives?
1: The business—I well, wouldn't say there was really a business goal with this. I think it was—it um, it was research, really. It was mm-hmm. trying yeah. something new. It was seeing mm-hmm. where it would take us.
0: Um, but were there any stated, uh, like, uh, design goals in terms of uh, target emotions? Uh, I, think wh- was, um, well, I
1: think it was, well, I think it targets emotions in the sense that it's really immersive. Once mm-hmm. you go in and you're walking around and you're you're talking to other people in there and you're looking at digital art that's moving on the walls whilst you're moving, it's yeah. really yeah. um it's a different kind of experience, so mm. I think it kind of targets the emotions in that way. Mm-hmm. I think also the fact that it's it is so open and that anybody can come in. Um, right, I mean, there are kind of invited events, but I just think that bringing together of, of a community, um, with similar interests is, is really interesting, and I think you can we could really push the limits of that.
0: Yeah and for anyone interested it's still uh, active on uh, the special uh, platform right uh, Yes. the immersive kind so you, you so everybody listening or watching you can definitely check it out and walk around and see exactly what uh, Nicola is describing here really you know as an avatar and experience in a 3D immersive uh, mode basically
1: Yeah I mean that's 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 the other part of it is you you know you're going in you can dress up however yep. you want um with your avatar i went onto ready play and me and got um an outfit but people can there's a lot of i mean these are quite low res images because mm-hmm. i'm i didn't want my computer to take ages to right. render but, um so they're a bit fuzzy but people are coming in with some really um mm-hmm. exciting outfits that they designed themselves you know so it was right. it just it just feels like a real community in there and it's for the image I had here So to go back um during pride 2022 yeah. um mm-hmm. it was a celebration um it was a huge celebration um of pride and there was actually an event within the immersive kind gallery which was also projected um on the screens on the big screens at piccadilly circus so you had oh, these wow. kind of groups of people you had the groups of people from all over the world who were yeah. within the immersive kind gallery watching it on a big screen there with um fashion being displayed on the walls um and a DJ and, and then yes. simultaneously there was projections in real life with huge crowds of people um in London. So I just think that's kind of simultaneous transmission. Yeah,
0: multi-channel it, experience. It, yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, is 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 something that I haven't um come across before. And it was, you know, it's a 50 years of of pride. So
0: I this see.
1: was kind of just very um felt like a very sort of new experience. Right.
0: So so what would you kind of recommend maybe your top 3 tips for anyone especially brands that are looking to uh, develop their own uh, metaverse experience and they need to kind of build together a team obviously you know with architecture perspective in it.
1: <laughs> I think I think it's it's about just being really authentic about what what you mm-hmm who you are what your message is what your values are
0: right
1: um, find someone to build your space who mm-hmm. will really listen to you mm-hmm. and spend time understanding um you know what you want to convey yeah i do someone with the same values
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then don't don't feel like you've got to design something that's you know uh like completely unrecognizable. Don't you know? Just do something that you feel mm-hmm. is a version of of you that can be that can be subverted and that can be pushed in in the metaverse. But um, kind of strangely familiar, I think, is is a good way to go. No, for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, do you see any kind of uh, you know working on this metaverse project? Do you see any kind of misconceptions that uh, people Around our voicing, uh, that you might want to take the opportunity to kind of clarify.
1: <laughs> um, well, we're very new to it actually, and we're just yeah. working out. We're mm. just there's a lot. There's a lot of, a lot of um, criticism, and obviously, I've sort of read um, both right. sides. I think. I think there's a the democracy the t- democratization is really interesting. I think the mm-hmm. fact that you can be in the same space looking at something. Um, with people from from anywhere is is really fascinating. I think the the sort of quality and the speed at which things render and the yep. sharpness is, is only going to improve with time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I can see it as a really useful tool for architects, really, um, to create a space to be able to mm. to go in uh, with end users with a client and and test things out and just say look you know is this working how do you find this space you know and you can be really experimental very quickly Um, and that's different to what we're doing at the moment with fly-throughs and so and so on um but I don't think it's a replacement for the going back to first principles hand drawing yeah um, you know finding these references building models I think that's 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 I'm always got to be this, almost the first step to conveying your ideas and, and getting that kind of emotional connection. Yeah.
0: Now, this is fantastic. So I really want to thank you for, you know, the great opportunity to kind of get a glimpse into, you know, the brave new world of uh, architecture now in the metaverse. Uh, and I think it's, you know, the role of architects is only just going to grow as the metaverse uh, you know, will develop in both in computing power and capabilities. So before we we you know we go, if someone has any questions or would like to reach out to you, how can they contact you?
1: They can um, contact me, go just go onto our website and um, there's an email address there. And I'm happy to mm-hmm. to talk to people about this. Like I said, we are we're kind of fledglings in this In this um, world, Um, we are, you know, we're doing traditional um, architecture, but this has been, you know, the idea of designing digital twins in the metaverse and experiencing it. I think it's fascinating and I'm really keen to carry on exploring.
0: Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much, Nicola. And for all of Thanks you, you yeah listening and watching, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Visual Storytelling Today podcast Have a great,
1: Thanks very much. Wonderful okay. day.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at VisualStorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time. Don't let your big story wait to be told.